Hello, hello. How are you? I'm fine. How are you doing? Good, good. I uh, I just realized that I'm I'm calling a man named Bible to speak of evil. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah, I'm walking irony. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> this week on How to Succeed in Evil, author and all-around good guy, Jake Bible. Exactly. Well, people have been telling me I'm special for a long time, but I don't think they mean it in a you know nice way. So, some men just want to watch the world burn. World burn. This is how to succeed in evil. You need people like me so you can point your fingers and say that's the bad guy. Just want to watch the world burn. An ongoing exploration of what makes bad guys good. Oh, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. And I'm Patrick E. McLean. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world it didn't exist. So, um, my, my plan with this, uh, this podcast, my whole thing here is to talk to people who, um, work with story and talk to them about what makes bad guys good. Nice. And so the, the place that, uh, cause I think that's an interesting conversation that as I looked out into the world, nobody's really had, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I thought it would just kind of be a, it's, it's a fun way just to, just to bat some ideas around yeah so i have some questions here we can stick with them we can leave the script i mean it's evil we we, we don't have to obey the <laughs> we don't have to follow the rules by any stretch exactly. of the imagination but um what is what is, who's your favorite villain like of all time of all time or um of. um i I always had a. I was huge into Sherlock Holmes when I was younger, and Sherlock Holmes has always been my, you know, like literary hero. So Moriarty being able to match him always just fascinated me. Um, Moriarty I, is tremendous. Yeah. Um, so that that there's one right there. But then I mean I've got to go. My 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 favorite bad guy, evil. I mean is Hannibal Lecter. And I mean, you know, the the literary uh, Hannibal Lecter, as much as what's been portrayed on screen, really everybody who's done him on screen has done an outstanding job. Um, uh, he's all, a, he's all the character. incarnations, um, and I just there's just something about that pure intellect that's that's right there. That's just this predatory evil, but then also the manners. There's, you know, the, the code of that social code of manners and not being rude. And there's, just, I don't know, there's, there's something civilized and yet just completely feral and ferocious about Hannibal Lecter. And I love that dichotomy of that character. Well, yeah, it, it's sort of the, it's sort of the English gentleman, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. I, I'm reading, uh, uh, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell or Mr. Norrell oh, and Jonathan yeah. Strange, which, and I'd never read it. And I, I, I. I'm about a third or half half of the way through it, and I love it. But there's this quote: uh, Lord Wellington asks Strange, this magician, you know, an English mm-hmm. gentleman, if a magician could kill a man. And he's after a while, he says, "Yes, I think a magician could kill a man, but a gentleman surely couldn't." Right. Oh, with magic, Excellent. yeah. <laughs> 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 it's just like <laughs> that's, that's so perfect. But yeah. um, 
Uh, yeah, and and Lecter is, um, you know, he's he's evil in a way that that is seductive, and he enjoys himself so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just get the feeling that like. Not only is he smarter than the rest of us, he's just better than the rest of us. He has a yeah. uh, an appreciation for art. Like in one of the sequels, uh, or in the, the sequel, not the third one, because I think he just phoned the third one in and everybody right. really phoned the third one in. But the second one, the second book, when he's in Venice, and I guess they made that into a movie too. Um, yep. Uh, just his descriptions in the book of how he appreciates art and the history of Venice and why he hangs the guy out the window because it's the yep. perfect symmetry. I mean, he's an artist. He's an yes. artist. Um, and that, uh, so, so is he just, so here's, here's part of the thing. And, and I think, uh, I'm, I'm going to do a setup obviously for all of these and talk about, you know, what you do. And, um, when I was, when I was thinking about, you know, you writing zombies, I was thinking about zombies. Yeah. And zombies really aren't villains. No. No. No, no, no more than a virus is a villain or no more than cancer or is the, a villain. Or the rain. Or a flood. Yeah. Or, you know, they're, they're, they are nature, you know, nature gone bad, but they're not the villains. Definitely not. That's half the fun of writing you know, zombie apocalypse stuff is they can be cannon fodder, but you, your characters still aren't aren't satisfied, you know, because they, they really haven't killed anything. It's it's an empty kill. It's just survival. It's just moving on. It's like mowing the freaking grass. Um, you know, <laughs> it's 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 the people in the zombie apocalypse. You know, of course, people are the worst. Yeah. Um, and, and that's and that's where you play zombies. So. I mean, they're the weather. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it, I was thinking about, uh, so the situation, you know, with, with people is one of the most horrifying things is when the people are fighting and the monster is coming. Yes. So like uh, um, Alien, right? The first yeah. Alien movie, everybody in the ship is in conflict. And like the yeah. alien isn't even really bad. Yeah. The aliens, the weather too. What's evil is that they sent the ship out there. Just to throw these people under the bus so they could get a sample of this thing that will probably destroy all of humanity, right? Exactly. Um, and then, and then the the classic one, you know, right now is uh, Game of Thrones, where I guess everybody has to be saying to themselves while everyone's squabbling for power, it's like, look, the end of the world is up here, up north. <laughs> Might as well get your shit together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, and um, you know, Game of Thrones, of course. Also, I, I love how there, there's, there's no pure clean character in that in that series i mean just when you think you have the bad guys pegged you know you're like oh crap am i feeling sympathetic towards this one because oh damn it they're human (laughs) and you know there's there's some definite bad guys i mean you know clear boom but then a lot of people they they walk that razor's edge of you know morality so it's it's interesting well i mean they're they're and I think this this goes to the impetus for this this podcast and this this whole uh, exploration, which is everything's so much more complicated now, and we have so much more information. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to write a simple story about cowboys and Indians, um, you can't just make the Indians the bad guys anymore right. because we know more now, and we can begin to see how you know even an innocent settler is carrying a genocidal plague. Like, yep, there aren't any good guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I want to, I want to set you up, um, 
to to describe uh, your your homeowners association in the middle of the apocalypse because that woman is evil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she she really is. I mean, you know, it's if you you have you know in in a subdivision, and I live in a subdivision here, and you have that homeowners association. It's all there, designed to make sure. Well, to different degrees, but to make sure, I guess, people don't go get out of hand and, you know, the house, you know, their houses stand out too much, whether good or bad, whether it's because they've got a freaking RV parked in the lawn or because they've decided to totally go with shingle siding instead of everybody's vinyl siding. It's, it's designed for comfortable conformity. Um, that quote unquote benefits all that's actually yeah. in my cov- covenants actually says benefits all. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's uh, <laughs> that sounds like a description of evil to me. Yeah, exactly. Um, when you start making those types of constraints, they are the, the covenants, the you know, rules themselves are very benign and neutral, but man, you get a nasty evil personality behind it and they can quickly warp it and change it to become this, you know, fascist control model. And that's, that's one thing in, in Z Burbia. I mean, we've got Brenda Kelly and she is the president of the HOA. And even when the zombie apocalypse hits, I mean, she, she doubles down on the HOA. <laughs> she, she's, she full on is like, okay, we, we need order to survive. And here's order that's already been set up and Oh, I'm already in charge and boom, boom, boom. And, you know, takes advantage of everyone's fears and everyone's in- insecurities and just starts running shit and just ruling everybody. And before anyone knows it, you know, they've boxed themselves off in with this crazy person who's in charge of everything. <laughs> yeah, and that's uh, you know, reading that first book, the uh, the thing that occurred to me, the one thing she's so she's so awful. Yeah, that uh, it, it, it was one like one of the things I want from a zombie apocalypse fantasy, and this probably speaks to the evil in all of us, <laughs> right? Um, and this actually happened during the Peloponnesian War. This everything got so out of whack in one town, at, like. Everybody just went nuts. There was sort of a civil war. And then for about a week and a half, it was like, I've never liked my son. I'm going to whack him. The, I yeah. owe that guy too much money. I'm going to kill him. Like, <laughs> like, It's like the end of the world. Everybody's going to die. We're not going to make it through. And then you're like, oh, that woman. Okay, yeah. I'm going to get like, it's just terrible. But I'm going to spit on my hands, hoist the black flag and squeeze a little joy out of this disaster. <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, this, yeah, she's, she's evil. And I mean, one reason nobody takes her out um, is because I think, you know, everyone else kind of goes along with it and doubles down on the whole subdivision. This is our space. This is our neighborhood. This is our HOA. This is our bit of control. Um, If we, you know, kill the head of it all, then will it crumble? Um, will it all fall apart? Who's going to be in charge? I mean, all that fear and uncertainty. It's the same reason we, you know, just as a society, we elect the same, you know, politicians over and over, even though we know, you know, group A is just as corrupt as group B. <laughs> it's, well, it's, it's, it's that, you know, it's also that sheep herd mentality. And, um, and then the good guys, the ones that actually, you know, realize it is completely insane, then they have to stop and think, well, if I just whack her, then 
what does that make me? I mean, you know, am I any better than, you know, than her or any better than the monsters that are outside the gates? And there becomes that moral dilemma. That, yeah, you know, it's the, the, the two wrongs don't make a right. Well, yeah. I mean, and it, and it, it is, it, it, I think the interesting thing about, you know, what you did there is uh, um, it's the pattern, right? People get scared. Yeah. And then they, they, they'll, they'll give up almost anything to feel safe again. And, yeah. you know, by definition, the zombie apocalypse is you're scared all the time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I mean, I, I'll, I'll say, I mean, <laughs> I was going to say, you know, Brenda did a great job. I was like, well, wait, I wrote the book. So maybe I did a good job, but um, <laughs> she, putting, putting people, the ones that were smart, the ones that are the natural born leaders, the, the alphas, putting them in charge of key things. I mean, Jace in charge of architecture and design and making sure that the fences and the, you know, def- defenses are all set up right. That takes a lot of his time and brain power. So he doesn't have much time to think of, you know, a coup. Um, you know, same with, you know, a few of the other ones, Melissa in charge of the scavengers. I mean, out in the world of zombies, busy, you know, surviving out there to find more resource sources and supplies that puts someone boom there you know who who could become a problem out in in the danger and so when they get back they just want the security um i, I just got to take a nap it's been a long day yeah, exactly they've been working their butts off keeping everybody safe so no one has any time or desire to do all the administrative bullcrap and she rules them over, you know, rules over everybody because she's the one willing to do that. And it just happens to be that's convenient way to stay in power. So, you know, it's yeah, it's a sick little system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah, I remember in college there was this there was this guy that I knew and we we lived in kind of the same apartment and we would walk. And he got involved in student government and he got a sidewalk built and it was about six feet of sidewalk. And like the the he was kind of an awkward guy anyway. And the jazz that he got off the the fact that he had had this power, and yeah. he had done this thing. I was like, wow. And and he like he wasn't a bad guy. It wasn't a bad yeah. thing to build the sidewalk. Yeah. But I could see how okay that in that impulse like gone yeah. awry. That's it's tremendous problems. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you know, and the other interesting thing uh, or that I think is cool is. Um, you know, you're you're writing about your neighborhood outside of Asheville that I've driven by, right? Um, which is which is very interesting to me because for traditional, you know, uh, I guess I guess zombie stories are really more Middle America, you know, sort of fast wandering th- wandering through vast wastelands, like right. Um, but for superhero stories, for example, or for a lot of stories, like it's New York, yeah, it's. Gotham Tropolis, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I've often wondered, you know, what, what, who's Atlanta's superhero? <laughs> right, Phoenix. <laughs> exactly. I mean, there aren't really any buildings to swing off of. No, not 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 a ton. No. What is that? I have no idea what that answer is, but <laughs> it it seems like you know they should have a superhero. Yeah. There's 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 probably some indie comics I'm sure that that are you know and stories out there that that have something out in there but it hasn't quite hit the the mainstream yet. Yeah. Um so I guess 
I don't know. Any, any, anything else? Any other thoughts you have on bad guys? I, I, I like, I love writing bad guys. Um, you know, I've had different ones in each of my Z Burbias and then different bad guys in, um, you know, yeah, all my different, like, like my, my mega series, which is my Clive Cussler meets sci-fi monster shark movie of the week kind of thing. Um, you know, the first in the first one, there's the giant shark, of course, is the huge monster genetically engineered shark is is kind of the bad guy, but then also a force of nature. And so I've got Somali pirates in there. It's like, yeah, we'll just we'll just rip this straight from, you know, headlines. We'll go with Somali pirates. Um, why the heck not? And in the you know second one, I've got, you know, Mexican drug cartels. Yeah, why not? They're bloody and brutal. Let's let's go with that. Um you know, so sometimes it's it's kind of fun playing with with the the bad guy stereotypes of the news, um, and just you know just go with the narrative that's already been built. Um, you know, didn't have to dig too deep. You know, just some basic infrastructure for the Somali pirates, and you know, just learn a little bit about you know tribal culture and and that kind of thing. Um, and then just you know go with it. And then same with you know Mexican drug cartels. You know, it's like well ripped from the headlines just you know go, go with that and i don't know it's 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 a lot of fun actually just just playing with those already built um kind of narratives of bad guys that are out there you know in 20 years that probably wouldn't work because we would like you said you know we'd know we'd know more about them we'd be able to go deeper in and find out more motivations there would be more information revealed um and you'd see the you know the you know bad and the good so it'd be harder but right now you know that's kind of fun um just take society's already built bad guys and and throw them in there yeah i think Um, that's i think that's something that that uh novelists have have always done like if you look at if you look at dracula right i mean uh tremendous tremendous book tremendous book of letters tremendous evil character and Mm -hmm. he's he's part um evil right but he's part force of nature and it really just is a reflection of Victorians being freaked out about sex in, in, you know, for a large part of it, it, it it's it, the thing they're scared yep. of. It, it was, it was Victorians freaked out about sex. And then also it was the classic uh, xenophobia um, of the times too. Uh, the Eastern European um, that were, you know, emigrating so much across Europe and then, you know, trying to come across and bring in their diseases into, you know, London um, there was a lot of that going on at the times too. So they, you know, that, that Dracula embodied, not just, you know, that Victorian, you know, fear of, of sex, but it was also, you know, I mean, a regional thing. It was, it was that Eastern Europe, you know, what is this, this monster, these brutes, these, you know, coming in. Um, and you know, when the ship comes in, it's considered a plague ship. I mean, that's, that's about as, <laughs> that's oh, pretty yeah, much just, that, uh, just, just writing it on the wall right there. Going, okay. This ship that came in from here and has this and sick and blah, 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 you know, all that. So it's like, okay, well, you're making a statement there. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's just, that's such a horrifying image that ship, yeah. you know, just, just, I guess that was the first time I heard of plague ships, but I guess in the middle ages, you know, everybody would die on a ship and it would just bounce around for a while, which is oh, yeah. terrifying. But yeah. that idea of that ship just coming into coming into port with everybody on it dead yeah <laughs> hey yeah. a ship's come oh, oh. <laughs> 
what news yeah. do you bring of the continent? <laughs> yep, exactly. I know. I've always been fascinated. I can't remember what it was. There was a book. Oh, I read it a long time. I think I read it in high school. It's going to drive me nuts what the name. And it was about a plague ship, but it was about, um, was it a young girl, teenage girl, I think, was the protagonist. And um, she was immune imagine that you know because it happens <laughs> there's there's a certain percentage of humanity that's that's immune to you know plague uh you know even bubonic plague and all of that and this book was all about everyone dying on the ship until she's the last one she kept waiting to die kept waiting to die kept waiting to die and didn't and all of a sudden realized oh i may not <laughs> and had to fight basically to okay, got to get this ship going. What do I do with all these corpses? I mean, it was the internal, the you know, view of the plague ship, and it, that scared the living crap out of me. Because think of that, you're stuck on there. I mean, and and that evil, not evil of the plague that's that's there, and how it just starts corrupting those bodies. Oh, that just freaked freaked me out. That whole concept and image being the last yeah, one that's alive. A, that's a horrifying setup right there. <laughs> yeah, it certainly is. I'm just gonna drive me nuts. I'm gonna have to like Google subjects, you know, to find that book because um, I have no idea if it's any good now. But I, I know I read it in high school. Yeah. The um, yeah. There's a there's a uh, there's a movie. It's a it's a black exploitation movie called Black Werewolf. It okay. Is, it is fantastic in its its awfulness. Right. Okay. Um, and I remember seeing this movie like on a like movie of the week thing when I was 12 or 13. Yeah. I thought it was the coolest movie in the world. And he, here's the setup. This um, uh, this guy is a big game hunter, happens okay. to be a black millionaire. This is back when millions were lots of money. He didn't right, have to exactly. be a billionaire. So yeah. he, he, he sets up his estate with all these fancy sensors and whatnot, and he invites all these all these guests who he suspects might be werewolves during the full moon Um, and cultivates Wolfsbane and he wants to hunt and kill, you know, this, this is the ultimate safari to kill a werewolf. Right. And it's such a great setup because there's this moment in the middle. And I think, cause I went back and tried to watch it again and it's, it's hilariously bad. Um, (laughs) But there's this moment in the middle there where like it, it, there's so much ambiguity and terror. Um, just in that setup yeah where is he just crazy is there no such thing as werewolves is there one werewolf are there no werewolves (laughs) is everybody a werewolf you know it just (laughs) you know it's like that it's like that plague ship plague ship setup it doesn't really matter i mean that's such that's a great that's a great book right there yeah exactly um i was been writing this um essay on you know, like trying to describe various evil schemes and various evil things. You know, I'm mm-hmm. trying to check off like the classic ones. Like you probably you need to do some kind of profile of the Nazis because everybody sort of takes them for, you know, villains. And we, lots of villains are derived from the Nazis. And of course, uh, the British Empire, like <laughs> the British are great villains for American films. Yeah. Uh, but I was writing something about genocide, which is not very a funny subject. No. But the, the really horrifying thing about genocide is, and it, it speaks to your plague ship thing too, which is, let's say you want to kill everybody. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. Like even, even with a biological agent, some people are going to be immune. Drop a bomb on a city. That kid was in the cellar. Like it's yep. really hard. Yep. Um, so the horrifying thing really is that you have to get a bunch of people 
who really believe that that this is a good idea to do and and you know as i've as i'm really starting to peel the onion on this and what makes um like a pulp villain is is fine i love him it's not mm-hmm. that i don't love him but really really makes horrifying is this moral agency and people doing doing awful things yeah so. yeah well i mean you 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 turned me on to the the richard stark books and i just i just finished the first one and parker is a great anti-hero because he's not a good guy this is not a good guy at all and just little glimpses into just how how morally bankrupt he is just a quick sentence here a quick sentence there and then you it kind of jolts you from the story you're like oh i'm starting to like this guy for a second but i'm not so sure anymore i mean sure i want him to win because he's you know he's my my protagonist going on here that i'm reading about but damn that's that's some cold shit (laughs) yeah yeah and and for me um you know the the villain the villain in those books is the incompetent person or the person who breaks their promise or betrays so it's really it's really all about professionalism so and and again that's one of those things it's like in us right you just want to see that uh, this incompetent person i just want to see them suffer they don't yeah. they don't deserve to die because they're not the best person in the world but you're kind of happy to see but it's a different thing because you know they're crime novels but i i'm, yeah, I'm exactly. glad you i'm glad you liked it and i'm glad you read them and there's there's like 25 of them and yeah i, I saw that i'm like okay i'm gonna have to work my way through these definitely i um you know, I've got other books I've got to read, and of course, and it's writing so tough, and uh, yeah. all that. Yeah, and it's it's just like, all right, well, I've got plenty of material for a while, though. I'm not, not going to be bored for quite a long time. So, and yeah, um, I, that that is, I do, I really am liking the crime genre and diving in there because the good evil is so mixed. Um, you know, your your hero's an anti-hero, your, you know, your protagonist really might actually be the bad guy in any other story. Um, those, that's the beauty of crime, is, is you get to just warp and play with morals and confuse the reader ha- is kind of half the fun with that, is, you know, get them hooked and then be <laughs> then sucker punch them. And that's just kind of part of the, the genre. It's like, oh, that's, that's kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you know it's it's a great way to drive people sort of to the end of the line like you you get to yeah. push them into worse and worse situations um yep. yeah it's uh the 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 book that i have that um i'm editing right now the soak which is i mean it's i told you about it it's a it's a crime yep. novel and there, there's not a good character in that right but what i like with playing with those things is especially with crime novels like you you think that well, let me think of a good good example of this okay so um minimum wage legislation right yeah okay you people think that's a very good thing and is done for very noble reasons mm-hmm. the actual history is that labor unions in the north were losing whatever else you think about minimum wage labor unions in the north were losing um factories they were coming south because because uh, uh, labor was cheaper right so they said to save their and politicians to save their tax base they said it's not fair we have to raise this raise the uh, minimum wage because these are our, our poor relatives down south are losing all these things 
So what I find really fascinating about crime and about like, if you write a really good deep story is, um, and it's hard. I mean, it takes time to think through this is you have levels of levels of levels. You know, it, it seems like it's a good thing on the surface, but what other purpose is this serving and who else is like the kid with the sidewalk, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like the homeowners association. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It actually just out of the blue makes me think of the old, the friends episode where Joey and Phoebe are, are competing to see if they can actually do a selfless act. And just the act of trying to be selfless is no longer selfless. And it it just, you know, just, you know, warps your whole, the logic center of, wait, no, I'm trying to do a good thing, but because I'm trying to do a good thing in order to prove I can do a good thing without trying to do a good thing, I'm not doing a good thing. Oh, son of a, you know, it's, it's, it's that same thing. It's, you know, it's that, that continually just, you know, the snake eating its tail. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's, that's the beauty of, of crime is, is you, just when when you get to that point where it's like okay this is justified um you throw in a little reality and it's like shit that never was really justified there there was another option and it was doing none of this <laughs> and, yeah you could know, have you could have stayed home and killed nobody exactly <laughs> you know um, and that's that's the beauty of it because once you're in those kinds of books and in those novels and with those characters you're already on the journey there's there's there is no redemption for anyone um, the, the only redemption really would have been no story <laughs> would have been just stay home, crack open that beer and just, you know, not kill half the neighborhood. That that's the good way to go. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I, I think that, I think that artistically those kind of stories work because after you're done with them, so you get all the thrills of a thriller and yeah. whatever. And after you're done with them, you get to go, man, I am not that bad of a person. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not that yep. evil. Yep. Um, I had that awful thought about, <laughs> but yeah. okay. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny and I'll, uh, we're, we're going all over the place with this, which is great, but, uh, sex in the city. Yeah. I have a theory about sex in the city. Okay. Uh, I've had, to, I've had episodes of it inflicted upon me and it's not a, not, it was not a non entertaining show. It's right. Like it was entertaining. But the thing is that, like, you have these women in this situation, and they keep doing the same thing over and over again, and they're always unhappy. Right. It's like it's like its own little morality play. Oh, yeah. You know, they can't seem to get a successful relationship to work, and they're just unhappy, but they think they're happy, but they're unhappy, but they're um, jivery. Uh, uh, the Getaway by, um, why can't I think of that guy's name now? Great crime novel. Uh, I made into a couple of films. One with Steve McQueen, and um, yeah, I've seen the movies. I haven't read the book. Oh man! So that's where uh, El uh, Ray comes from. You know, in that uh, uh, great um, <laughs> Dusk Till Dawn movie. You oh yeah, El Ray. El Ray yeah. is the city that they're going to after they they commit this crime. Uh, okay, okay. And El Ray, it turns out to be, um, it's the it's the afterlife. It's very well done. Um, and El Rey is this city where you take all the money and everything's really expensive. And if you can't pay for it anymore, you lose your soul and you go live in this other like village and it's terrible. Oh, so the, the, the guy and the girl wind up going there and trying to survive and trying to help, you know, you know, whatever. And they wind up turning on each other and selling each other out. Yep. Like it, it's just, it's, 
it's a perfect hell. It yeah. is it is really cool. And out of a out of like a you know just straight ahead crime novel, it goes into this thing. Yeah, it's awesome. It's an awesome nice. Thing. All right. Well, um yeah, I I think that's that was awesome. I don't really have any <laughs> That's some good evil right there. That is some fine <laughs> evil, my friend. Well, thanks, man. I will yeah. uh, I'll be in touch. Okay, cool. Sounds great. Since recording this episode, I am pleased to say that I have finished The Soak. It is available on Amazon, Audible.com, and anywhere that is either Amazon or Audible.com. <laughs>